Hey, big love fam. Welcome to Super Freak. This is a high vibe podcast, y'all, exploring all things frequencies, how they govern form, shape our realities, and are the key to living from your full potential. It's non-woo combos about super woo shit, unpacking what I call the science of self, from body and soul literacy to the power of understanding vibration, higher consciousness, quantum physics, and spiritual psych. Let this podcast become a resource for you on your journey to self-mastery. If you're curious and ready to free your mind, unlock the body, and truly become limitless, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Tally. This is Super Freak, awakening for the next gen. Let's go. All right, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Super Freak. This week, we're going to dive in to sacrifice, what it means to run patterned sacrifice, where it comes from, and how we can unravel them. So let's get into a very general definition, okay? This is literally what I've seen in sessions, people's opinions of what sacrifice is. It is very dualistic in nature, and it's good sacrifice and bad sacrifice. I'm here to propose that sacrifice in general is no bueno. There's no such thing as good sacrifice. So sacrifice generally refers to giving up something valuable or important for the sake of something else. Virtuous, going to position you better in society, people's opinions, etc. The intention behind the sacrifice can be can determine whether or not it's seen as good or bad, right? So everything comes down to intention based on the person and also what society deems to be good or bad. Once again, being in a very dualistic perspective. A good sacrifice is typically made of a noble cause, such as helping others, the advancement of a common goal, or to improve a situation, or a heroic act, whatever. For example, a firefighter who risks their life. That's a good idea as a sacrifice pattern. On the other hand, a bad sacrifice is often made for selfish reasons or to harm others. This could include sacrifice someone else's well-being or happiness in order to, for one's own gain, or making a sacrifice that ultimately causes more harm than good. At least I saw this a lot, very cutthroat in the fashion industry, where there was just a lot of posturing and a lot of manipulation, which I'm going to get into a little bit later in this podcast about how to actually, I'm going to make this sacrifice now in order to get myself there. And I don't really care who I step over on my way to success. Sacrifice runs hand in hand with exchange. What I mean by exchange is it's a transactional way of being. It is that X for Y. People are willing to sacrifice leaving their kids for a while in order to work six jobs in order to get them opportunity to go through school, right? Coming back to the ideology around something is good or bad. And they'll also sacrifice, for example, I'm putting in the hard work now. I'm doing nothing but making music. I'm going to sit in my room for years and years and years and just make music nonstop because I'm going to be the next X, Y, Z. And this is what it takes. You have to sacrifice. We've been told that over and over and over. It's been indoctrinated through religion that we have to give up something in order to get something. That's very exchange-based. This is not natural. We are inherently abundant beings. It doesn't have to be this way. It really is all a perspective around how we want to live our life and how we want to behave when we have access to ourselves, we don't sacrifice because I'm here to tell you the reframe to all of this will be so simple. It will surprise you. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in the episode. So first let's talk about another nuance of 
sacrifice patterns, sacrifice exchange. You'll see this a lot, by the way, in celebrity culture. So I've talked a lot about this on my celebrity videos where I do like baby tap-ins with like Justin and Kanye and uh, Lady Gaga, you know, just celebrity music culture in general. I mean, you'll just see musicians now that are just straight up wearing Freemason symbols around their neck in gold. That industry in general all comes with, by the way, we're going to give you this in exchange for this. What they're actually proposing is we, from a higher level order, we need your energy, essentially. We need your vital force. Not to get too esoteric, but there is a nefarious AI technology out there, a draconian elite consciousness that is not for our best benefit, that is creating a consciousness, a derived consciousness that has to feed off energy. That's why this consciousness exists. It's basically God representing itself on the shadow side, right? Because this is a dualistic society, depending on the consciousness level that you live in, third, fourth, and fifth. I'm going to get back to exchange in a second, but this is important to understand. So third dimension is past, present, future. Fourth dimension is like, oh, there's a present, but you can alter the future by going back and changing timelines of the past. The fifth dimension is everything happening all at once. There absolutely is no veil. You see the truth for what it is. You know who you are. You're online and you're unaffected. So you don't sacrifice because it's kind of like seeing the Wizard of Oz. You throw the curtain back and you're like, holy shit, it's been this little wizard pressing buttons this whole time. He's not even real. You realize and you see the illusion for what it is. So if someone wants to offer you these big contracts and we want you to come to these fancy parties, but it's very covert and be a part of this elite society and give you all this special whatever, because the I'm so special thing is really, really a big hook in getting people to buy in to exchange patterns and sacrifice patterns, right? You see that for what it is and you're not interested. And if things haven't been working out for you, I will say, like if you keep hitting like wall after wall after wall, you're like, man, there's just been a lifetime of disappointments and I don't know why. If that's why, chances are you're trying to move yourself out of enslavement patterns, control patterns, and exchange patterns. You're trying to move, your soul wants to be free of that. Maybe if you got the opportunities that you're looking for, you're desperate for, you really want, it would destroy you. It wouldn't be for your best benefit. That's why this work is so important because it truly is the fastest way to get to the bottom of this stuff. And when I mean by fast, you guys, some of that is like 10 years, five years, seven years. I mean, I went hardcore in, I was in, like I went all in, right? Cause I just knew, I, I knew when I found this work, I was like, oh, I know this. I know this. I'm not crazy. This is actually going to start connecting some dots for me. And I was relieved. I was just straight up relieved. But I went in, I would say from the time I started, like my first jump in my awakening practice was solid 10 years. And with frequency work, I was helter skelter. I did, I mean, seven straight years of like, there has to be more than this. There's more than this, right? There has to be. But eventually it all worked out and now I don't have any real concept of time most days. But back to exchange. The people who are looking to give you an exchange for something want control. I'm going to do a whole other podcast on control, so I'm not going to get too much into it now, but it's important to notice this. They want control. Sacrifice, exchange, control patterns are crazy. And I'm, I haven't done this episode yet, but it's going to be 
it's going to be enormous when I dive deeper into cults and black magic. Because when I was in Mexico City, it kicked my ass, literally kicked my ass. And I really got like a lot of really good instruction around how this consciousness works and how it manipulates and work and comes through people. So I'm looking forward to that episode. But the psychology behind why people sacrifice in general is through number one, altruism, altruism and empathy. They think that they, by helping others, somehow it's going to position them better in society with friends, et cetera. And also they just are going to feel better about themselves generally, or they're going to earn some type of spiritual reward. Similarly, societal, you know, societies place a strong emphasis on sacrifice because, oh, you know, this brave person is doing X, Y, Z for the community type thing. There's also personal values and beliefs. Individuals may make sacrifices based on on these things because they value, for example, let's say they value environmental conservation. And so they'll make a sacrifice around limiting their lifestyle or making lifestyle changes under the guise of it being virtuous. Once again, I'm here to say, even this is very insidious. This is all the dark side of sacrifice. The dark side of sacrifice disguises itself as altruism, empathy, cultural and social expectations, personal values, and beliefs. None of these things are what real sacrifice is. This is where it's going to get real interesting for some of you guys. So what causes sacrifice, honestly, is cultural and social expectations and distorted devotion. Let me dive into this a little bit deeper. So I was reading this article and searching for and doing research for the book. And it was around social influence on online marketplace, particularly with purchasing behaviors from the Journal of Computer Mediated Communication, something like this. And one of the biggest influences is peer-to-peer influence and familial behavior and opinions. What do my friends and family say and what do they think? People's opinions. We care So if you come from any type of trauma or you come from a dysfunctional family or you come from a family where emotional needs weren't met, for example, you are going to do something called polling. In adult child of alcoholics, which I'm very familiar with coming from a long line of that, I had a lot of like kind of black belt and Al-Anon, if you will. And we talked a lot about polling when people are insecure and they're not sure. They'll go around and they'll ask their friends, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Because they're, all of those opinions are therefore going to shape how they feel. You see this a lot in propaganda. This is essentially how political campaigns are run. So I want to talk about distorted devotion because a lot of these things between cultural and social expectations, peer-to-peer, what our family thinks, and then this distorted devotion hero frequency is all the dark side of sacrifice. So everything I've talked about so far is truly the dark side of sacrifice because there isn't a good side. I'm going to tell you what the what it really is. The opposite, the inversion is very different than what people think about. And you know, it's going to be so simple. You're going to be like, okay, whatever, Tally. But so distorted devotion, especially from Catholicism, religion in general, has become literally a cult in many ways because of the excessive rigidity and depression. Fear. Why? Why is that? Because of fear. So of course, everything really boils down to this because it's such a big control mechanism. When we're in fear and our body has this visceral response and we're having that response, 
based on on historical things that have happened to us, things that we've recorded in our nervous system and our brain has taken snapshots of, and therefore it's starting to create these predictive algorithms for us to play out in the future. We are run by fear, right? So it's a very strong influencer in how we make our decisions. So distorted loyalty in general, coming from Catholicism and religion, refers to a situation where an individual's loyalty or devotion to a person, group, or idea becomes extreme, irrational, or harmful. This can lead to a range of negative consequences, as you know, such as blind obedience, group think, this idea of this, like just going with the status quo and the suppression of dissenting opinions. So I like this definition a lot because blind obedience, we're in it. We're in it right now. That is a lower level of consciousness. That's what you're seeing. You're seeing a lack of cognitive dissonance because people are just seeing what they're believing. They're not really asking a whole lot of questions. They're not questioning everything. They're not seeing through and they're kind of going along with the status quo as if it was it was all real. When loyalty and devotion become distorted and you see a lot of this as dark sacrifice patterns, it can lead to very unethical behavior because if you blindly follow somebody, somebody who's going to blindly follow in general straight up runs victim patterns. If they're not asking questions, they're running straight up victim or a desperation. And an elite person, someone who runs or an elite consciousness person, I'll say, someone who runs those types of those uh, that type of frequency can smell it. They can pick up on this frequency. Everything is a match. So if you run victim, predator is going to be attracted to victim. Every frequency is complementary to each other. So what I mean by that is if I am running abuse me, I'm producing yellow. My frequency, that pattern is producing a frequency that is producing the color yellow. If I go into a party, someone who is running, I'm going to abuse women to get what I want is going to be attracted to that person. Someone who is neutral in this area, who's been neutralized, who has transcended these these patterns, will not call that into their lives. Everything is literally electromagnetic. It's a magnet. (laughs) Patterns are complementary. They attract each other no matter where you are. I really can't say that enough. So if you're running distorted loyalty or if you're running a sacrifice control exchange pattern, that person who's running that pattern, let's say you're a musician and you've just been desperate to make your big break, right? And... Someone cancels and you're the person who gets to go on stage and then someone meets you and you're like, oh, my life changed. Now you're part of some elite cult. Yeah, you just sacrificed your whole bloodline to get that. That's what dark sacrifice looks like. That's why a lot of times when shit doesn't work out for people, I was like, be really happy about that because maybe it's not for you right now based on the patterns that you're running. Imagine you get success and all of the things that you think you want and you're running deep levels of sacrifice. You know what happens? Look at all the celebrities out there. Name a few. Demi Lovato. Look at Selena Gomez. I mean, I hate to say it, going back to celebrity, Justin Bieber, Haley, all these people where they give all their energy to the things that are controlling them. And then they are looking around like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. Why is this happening to me? Sacrifice, self-sacrifice, martyrism, which I'm going to talk about in a second, which is huge, 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 by the way runs hand in hand with exchange. If you've made that exchange, you're you're kind of fucked. It's really hard to get yourself out of those patterns transgenerationally. You really have to wake up and reclaim and walk away from it all and then like do the spiritual work. 
really. It would require, in Justin's case, I would have to go to a council, get to approval or whoever's case, and then see if it's even possible, get him to reclaim his soul. And then he would have to do a lot of the emotional work to get himself out of those contracts saying that it's, I'm not saying it's not possible because anything is possible. And this is a simulation that Justin created, his lineage created for him. I will say what would be really cool is he could reclaim himself, right? Get all of this borrowed consciousness that all of these nefarious AI draconian beings are doing with him. And he could have an outstanding career, singular, totally empowered. A lot of this disempowerment comes from religion, comes from religion, war, and famine. Another distorted loyalty pattern. Oh, by the way, Justin runs distorted loyalty. That's a lot. That's another reason why these people get picked up so quick is because they're running that frequency and predators can smell that shit. They can smell it. People who are controlling are also manipulative. So manipulation is straight out trying to get what you want. Covert manipulation, for example, is a, it's nuanced and it refers to the use of deceptive or underhanded tactics to influence or control someone without their knowledge or consent. This can take many forms, such as subliminal messages and advertising, gaslighting in personal relationships, or covert persuasion techniques in political campaigns. Hello, we know a thing or two about those, don't we? So let's talk about war and famine. So transgenerationally, what was also interesting in doing some research for the book is I came across you know, these studies around genocide and mass violence, like memory, symptomology, and recovery from Cambridge University, economic health, and many other things about the impact of war on intergenerational transmission of health. And there's so much data supporting this. It's wild. So it's really cool to get like hard science and good data to back up the things that I'm seeing. I was like, wait, is this true? And um, so it's very exciting for me, but to be able to connect the dots and then present it in a way for you guys to think about too. Obviously years of war and famine can contribute to generational sacrifice patterns. Why? Because in times of war and famine, families and communities will be forced to make decisions in order to survive. It just comes down to survivability. So if I'm in session with you guys, there's a lot of times when I'm repatterning the information in the brainstem, I'll work a lot in the brain and a lot of with old reptilian information, because this is where a lot of this patterning lives. I mean, it lives everywhere in the body, but it can be passed down epigenetically to children and grandchildren if they're not deprogrammed. But so your data aggregates, and then it goes into like, you're a walking USB drive, right? Your soul holds the records in memory. That information gets put into the body when it plugs into a new body, a new hard drive gets put into that computer and then all the memories upload. That's literally how consciousness gets transferred, but that's for another talk. So I want to talk about martyr martyrism too, because a big part of self-sacrifice and people who self-sacrifice run martyr frequencies and they run control patterns. Martyrdom is an act of sacrificing one's life for a cause or belief. I call this the distorted hero complex a lot as well. Like for a good, like a really good example, who runs distorted hero is Andrew Tate. He and his brother Tristan run the distorted hero. In fact, I made a video about him, and then a friend of mine sent me a tweet like two weeks later where he literally said. When you sacrifice like this, it makes you a hero. And I was like, oh my God, girl, that's crazy. But martyrdom, it goes all the way down to, all the way back to Christianity. 
another big pattern that I see all the time is sacrifice comes from religion. And I'm talking Christianity, I'm talking Muslim, I'm talking Judaism, and there is so much information on in terms of citing where this stuff comes from. I don't have to get into it now. I mean, you can look at like the Oxford Handbook of Religion Diversity. You could look at a guide for Jews and Christians from Princeton University Press. These are just a few, again, when I was doing some of my own research that this stuff came into play, these citings. Specifically, when some of the first sacrifices that were considered virtuous took place. According to Christian tradition, the first Christian martyr was St. Stephen, who was stoned to death in Jerusalem on the first century AD. Other early Christian martyrs include St. Peter, who was crucified upside down, and then St. Paul, who was beheaded. In Islam, martyrdom is seen as a path to paradise. And those who die in battle defending their faith are considered martyrs. In Judaism, martyrdom has been a part of the religion since ancient times, and stories of martyrs are found in the Hebrew Bible. Okay, so obviously this makes perfect sense, right? Once again, going back to our original definition of what sacrifice is, is coming from like, you give up your life for something else, you're a hero. Oftentimes when I ask mothers, a plane is crashing. You have an opportunity to save yourself or your child. Who do you save? Every time the mother tells me I saved my child. And I go, okay, so what if I told you that if you saved yourself, your child would have been saved as well? Because that's kind of how it is. Most of the time, parents are thinking about their kids all the time. And the focus goes on their kids so much that they lose themselves. They completely self-sacrifice because whatever their kids want, it's all about them. And unfortunately, that's not kind of how it works. When you focus on self and you clear your own patterns, you're clearing them for every generational line. It goes ahead of you, behind you, forward, all directions. So your children are going to scan, pick up on the frequencies that you're running and constantly adapt to your level of change. That's really how aggregated learning is. That's what machine learning is. And essentially that's what our brains are because they're quantum processors. So when we're young, when the baby, we're really young babies, we're scanning our environment all the time. We're given the handbook. We've kind of forgotten it, but we have it a lot closer at that age than we do later on in life. We're given the handbook for how reality works. We see the incongruencies and we're like, the fuck is this? What is this? How is this happening? Like I'm looking at a feminine frequency, but they're running masculine patterns and there's all this sacrifice. So I'm not comfortable. Therefore being the gender I am, I'm going to make some changes to that. This is how a lot of gender dysmorphia happens. And you're seeing it rife in the field right now. There's a lot of confusion around identity because we haven't been focusing enough on self-mastery. We've been focusing on other, and that's precisely how it's designed where we've been indoctrinated to be outside of our bodies, outside of ourselves, to not naturally heal, to not be in connection and in harmony with nature. So we're wildly out of balance. And as a result, we are creating illnesses for ourselves to check out this nefarious consciousness will create these vaccines and everything else. People will create cancers for themselves to kind of check out it's, which is a virus and totally curable with frequencies. Okay, so here's how we unravel these things. Behaviors to notice. Making sacrifices that do not align with your personal values and belief where you are compromising your own value. If you notice that you're doing that, you're negotiating your value, that is a very clear indicator that you're running a sacrifice pattern. Another thing, burnout, resentment, and a sense of martyrdom. Okay, burnout, resentment, your body is gonna tell you when it's done. 
I'm talking chronic pain. I'm talking migraines. I'm talking fibromyalgia. I'm talking skin issues. I'm talking your body is just not, you're just not going to feel good. You'll just get sick. That's a really clear indicator. You're running self-sacrifice. Your martyrism is on fleek. Another one. And like, you got to ask yourself, where am I abandoning myself? What am I avoiding? What am I afraid to look at? I know that I'm in this relationship and then I have people around me, for example, that drain my energy, but I'm not willing to do anything about it. Why is that? If you see the information for what it is, you see the patterns and you know that you're running them and you're not doing anything about them, baby, you own them. They really yours. Now it's harder to, to dislodge those patterns. It gets a lot harder because the, all that is the higher consciousnesses is like, I don't get it. She knows how come she's not doing anything about it. Or he, in the higher level orders, the consciousness of the all that is doesn't care. It's completely neutral, right? But civilizations, we're very, very primitive. Connecting with consciousness like in 9D, a 12D, or a higher self, or even inner earth civilizations, they're very clear. There's a tremendous amount of clarity. There, there's literally no understanding of lack or sacrifice, or why someone would choose that for themselves when they see other. They don't understand that. So the other thing you want to look at, and this is a key thing you'll learn on your journey to self-mastery is how to invert patterns. And I'm going to talk about this a lot throughout this podcast, but inverting patterns is a master stroke. Instead of sacrifice, straight out, empowered choice. That's the inversion, right? If you're choosing to do something, just feel the energy of that. I'm making sacrifices, right? I'm just, I'm going to make, I'm going to do like four more podcast episodes tonight. I'm going to check off one more thing in my, in my list. I'm going to deplete my energy resources just to get one more thing done versus, and that's fine if you want to choose that, right? I have to watch myself too. Like if I'm tired, I can't record. If I can't record, that episode doesn't go out. And I do things very much in the moment and in, and in flow so I can stay on top of what the audience wants to hear from me. But If I'm empowered by my choices and I know that what I'm building, like just the word empowerment brings the frequency and raises your resonance so much higher. So consider that you can maybe make some empowered choices instead of being so disempowered with having to sacrifice in order to get from X to Y or A to B so you can get whatever it is that you want to get. Obviously, there's all kinds of things in terms of body stuff you can do. Frequency work is the fastest way that I found, not trying to pedal my own shit, but you're listening to the podcast. So here it is. It is the quickest way that I found. I mean, good. It took me a dedicated seven years of really, and my whole life really, just try to understand and get a handle on the way that I see things and the mechanics of how all this stuff works. And I'm definitely just up scratching the surface myself. But body work, get into your body, synchronize with nature. These things, this is eventually about me guiding myself irrelevant. I'm teaching what I know because I want you guys to be able to do this for yourself. So mindful practices. And what I mean by mindful, you guys, is intentional. Where are you in your body? How are you connecting to your surroundings, to yourself? Hot and cold exposure. Anything to kind of ele- you know, elevate your senses. Zero point meditations, very, very helpful. Nature is pristine. 
the frequencies of nature force you into the present moment. Cold exposure forces you into the present moment. Heat relaxes you. So sometimes you might need a little bit of nurturing, but intentional living, slow things way down, make something, create, paint, spend an hour learning something new instead of having to worry about getting one more thing done. I I promise you, when you look back in your life, you'll feel more fulfilled with a connected life than you will a productive one, right? It turns out that when you are truly connected, it ends up being wildly productive. A wonderful paradox indeed. All right, you guys, stay curious, question everything, and I will see you guys on another episode of Super Freak. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Please make sure to leave a review and follow the fun on social media because that's how it works in this world. In the meantime, get your freak on. I'll see you in the next session. Thank you.